All right. So we're moving on with PitchCon. And yeah, it's time to debut a new podcast. This is something uh, I've been thinking about for a little bit with uh, with someone special. And it's so exciting to uh, to actually debut the first episode. Uh, you know, come on to the stage, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, the, what the world needs now is, is another podcast. Yes, that's what I thought, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, Bert Bacharach on the piano doing it. You know? <laughs> what the world. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to debut this episode now. And uh, I'm excited to be here doing this with you. Uh, how you doing? How's your year going so far? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, my pitcher ranks come out on Monday. So I've, oh deep, I've just been deep, you know deep in the pictures uh it feels like a perfect time to do this also like uh we kind of looked at each other maybe he was late maybe we were, we had some drinks <laughs> in us but we looked at each other when this idea came out and we said like duh yeah let's do this. let's do the podcast yeah like duh. I, <laughs> like, I remember i remember you said it to me i was like let's talk about it in the morning being like he's okay are we gonna remember this i don't know like this is my dream <laughs> i want to make sure that like he says it tomorrow and then, yeah, the next day, that was great. Uh, we're not going to say the name of it that we uh, we considered, because if I say the first <laughs> two words, you're going to say the next two words. And I'm not going to let that flow. Um, right. But yeah, but welcome. Welcome we're to the classy. craft. It's the craft. It's, it's, yeah, it's the craft. Right. This is the classy one. Not the yeah. other one. Uh, this is the craft. It's a pitching, uh, pitching podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Nick Pollock, with recurring guest, recurring guest, Eno Saris. Uh, but, uh, no, really, we just wanted a podcast where we could just, uh, each bring a picture as a foundation for this one and just talk about it. But really that's a basis of it. And then everything else is just anything that's going on in the pitching world. This is our podcast to just talk about that stuff. Um, and I actually, uh, you know, and I were going to be like, cool, let's give each other a picture. And then he, and you sent me two names and I've even, I've already forgotten who they are. And I was like, don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> I wanted you to like tell me all the things. And I go like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I bring something no, to you. That's and it, a fun idea. Yeah. I hadn't I hadn't even I hadn't even sort of crystallized that idea that we don't know what the other one's coming with. Yeah, so no. each each one of us is gonna react and and prepare, you know, but right. we're not gonna we're gonna react to one and prepare for the other. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of like those conversations we would have at like first pitch Arizona or something. That's what we mm. want to replicate, is that there's that fun of like, okay, cool, you've got something you want to really talk about, and we go, Oh, okay, and the other one's like, Oh, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we want to do inside of this. Um, and so I'm, I'm so stoked for this. This is incredible. And I, you know, let's just kind of go into it now. You know, um, you sent me two guys. I, I think I remembered one of them. Um, but who's the one that you wanted to talk about the most right now? Well, this guy uh, sort of encapsulates, I think, just so much of what I'm thinking about right now. And uh, it's San Francisco Giants lefty Kyle Harrison. Mm, that's right. And. What the reason I want to talk about him? There's so many different things, uh, and we'll get to them. But number one, you know, we just did a revision of stuff plus, we just needed to train it on 2023 data, which is important because uh, we just had a big rule change and the, the environment was totally different, so we wanted to get right. that in there. We also are now adjusting for weather, which kind of might be important for Kyle Harrison and, and altitude and stuff, so and air density because that changes the way pitches move. So we have this important update. In the update, once I ran it, he has does not have a single pitch that registers above 100 average at Stuff Plus. So he apparently has oh, bad no. stuff. You know, <laughs> I looked over at pitcher list, and he like you you're like it's a pretty good fastball, but he has crappy other stuff. And right. uh, and so I was just kind of like, 
how does a pitcher that has crappy stuff strike out 38% of the batters he saw in the minor leagues? 38. He had 456 strikeouts in minor leagues. Yeah, that's wild. So this is a guy that the results have not really paired with the stuff models. Um, and so I reached out to some people in the industry and poked around at his numbers and thought about stuff. And there's, you know, I have suggestions for, you know, what he could throw and what he should throw and why it is this way and what's going on. But that's the fundamental reason that I wanted to bring up Kyle Harrison was that it's one of those ones where the model doesn't agree with the results. And yet he seems like to the eye test, especially if you saw that first start, you're like, this is an exciting young pitcher. Sure, you know, yeah. This is a 95 mile an hour lefty with a great two plane fastball that has struck out everybody. He is, you know, the next guy for the San Francisco Giants, which seems like something we would all want in fantasy or as a Giants fans. Yeah. I don't like Kyle Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're along with the models. Is it? The model is weird because IVB is horrific. It's like 13.5, right? It, mm-hmm. It's not good. Um, and extension is above average, like 6.7. It's really is low VAA. It's kind of like incredible. a stinker that's somehow classified as a four seamer. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, or like a, two I, what like, I a don't... Tr- like a traditional two seam. Well, yeah, like the the Andrew Heaney of old, yeah, right? Or yeah. the uh, Andrew um, Sean Manaya that kind of stuff from the left side. And the thing is, the reasons I don't really like those guys anymore is the same as it is with Kyle Harrison. I don't trust him to put the ball where he wants to. Mm. I really don't. I mean, he generally isn't bad at necessarily going high with that four seamer, and it is a one point six VAA, which is mm. oh boy. Like you see above one, like one point two, like that's good. That's good stuff. Like one point four is like you know I feel like it's the uh, the WWE meme or whatever is I get excited in my chair but it's a 1.6 and that should absolutely thrive if he's able to truly get that upstairs all the time but against lefties last year that four seamer had a 4.2 percent swing strike rate yeah I mean that I mean sure that's about 100 pitches thrown so sure but four whiffs on 96 of them thrown to lefties and there's nothing else yeah, you know, that's the like, thing. I think that's related. I think that's like they they know it's coming. It's like right. he really threw a ton of fastballs and the stuff, the secondary stuff wasn't there. Yeah, it's a you 31% know. usage on the curveball to lefties and 4% swing strike rate, 61% strike rate on that. Not to mention the four-seamer, sub-60% strike rate. And to me, strike rate is something I've been focusing more and more on because it's just like, well, you have to be able to do that. Or if you're not, then you have to be so you have good. To have a slider. You have maybe like a slider yeah. that you can always get in this. Right. Thing. Like the cutter stuff that we talk about. Woodruff slider is always stuck in my head about you talking about. It's not necessarily the wipeout slider, but that's such an important pitch for him. Yeah. Because he's able to get that away for a strike to a righty all the time. And that works. I'm like, right. Because he needs to establish that. And that opens the door, you know. But how bad is the is the uh, strike rate on the four seam? Is it like, is it like Edward Cabrera bad? Uh, it? It's it's kind of. I mean, 58% is like, that's not. That's not okay. good. You can't do that. If you're throwing that 57% of the time, you're going to just walk a ton of guys. Well, like, I just, this is another f- interesting thing that comes out of is that ABS, you know, so he had the 16% mm. walk rate in AAA yeah. and that was on ABS. And so you'll see some inflated walk rates on guys who have okay command grade. So just as an aside, Jared Jones, I think his command is fine. Right. Um, and he's a prospect for the pirates. I think that was all ABS. Mm. And, and so, I think to some extent, his command is not as bad as that 16% looks like. I think it's okay, but I agree it's not great. Yeah. And that's part of the picture. But then 
What also fascinates me is that people that normally have this kind of fastball, and I, I was talking to somebody at the winter meetings and they said, you know, uh, you know, I don't use stuff grades that much anymore, which is, it's a great sign. We've come up with something <laughs> finally and they're moving on. Uh, but he, he said they're useful, but I want to build arsenals based on biomechanical um, markers. Like I want to build, okay. I want to build a player, you know, based on his biomechanics. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at Kyle Harrison, you say, okay, this guy with this kind of fastball, he's a, he's like a pronator, you know? Cause mm-hmm. he's got this two plane. It's kind of a sinker two seam thing. He's a pronator. Yeah. But he can't, his changeup's not good. Mm. He doesn't really turn over a good changeup. Yeah. So I would normally say with this kind of guy sweeper, you know? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I mean, this curveball is kind of like this big thing that maybe it, maybe it's like the low I'm looking at our own gif of it and just kind of sense of it. It, I mean, it is more of that vertical drop. But it used to be called a slurve. So it's yeah. like it's got okay horizontal, but it also has so much drop. I think right. it just looks like a big old thing that righties just see forever. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, and it's possible. Yeah. I think it might be a dead zone curveball. We don't talk we talk about dead zone with fastballs. Oh man. And we talk about dead zone that. with fastballs, where dead zone fastball means uh not enough vertical, not enough horizontal, sort of average average. Yeah. And when you look at this curveball, it's not big enough sweeper to be different horizontally and it's not like a power and there's a name for it have you seen this no this is a a trend it's the year of the death ball oh no oh (laughs) what have you done man what have you done you know this is okay really quickly are you in or out on jordan montgomery where he's going in fantasy right now out mostly yeah he's got to be right it's like the death ball has created jordan montgomery as like this almost top 40 starter and it's no. like he's the same no, he's, he's just a yeah. guy yeah he's right <laughs> it's a toby yeah, uh, yeah it's a toby. hey hey you know that's a good that's it works <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um so uh so for anybody who hasn't heard uh, a death ball I, the one i think of is is uh, because it's so beautiful the beautiful one is peter fairbanks it's mm. that just like, soup. and it, yeah. I, I bet you uh, like Kimbrel is like, I, don't, I haven't looked at it. I, had, I can't say it's Kimbrel, but it's like, it's like, like power one playing right. curveball. It's like that true hammer. Soup. It's just like yeah. a pang. Yeah. Right. And uh, it doesn't have horizontal. And right. then sort of the opposite of the death ball, which was the last big pitch uh, is the sweeper. And if you think about Kyle Harrison's curveball, it's in between the two. Hmm. It's, not a sweeper and it's not the death ball it's just blap yeah um <laughs> but <laughs> we just call it a black ball it's a blap uh it's a dead zone curveball maybe and yeah. it's uh what i it's just so weird and it also makes me think of like okay well it's a damn good fastball at least i mean even right. without the ivb it's a good fastball it's big velo for a lefty it's pretty good it's like really good horizontal yeah like you're Wait, this is the curveball. Yeah, that's that's dead zone. I mean, what, what? It doesn't have enough arm side break to be a sweeper. See, it's below yeah. there. It's a uh, induced vertical breaks really high, which you don't want it to be. It's not good all. enough to yeah. be like a like. It's not like the Adam Wainwright, you know. Right, like you want to see on a curveball. This I've seen like sliders here. Um, yeah, like and uh, you want this to be closer. And if it's to a slider, it has here. to be over eighty five. Right, right, right. And it's eighty two. Yeah, it's like eighty two. It's like what? What are you doing? Okay, you exist. Uh, this show, is show, show, show the fastball now. Oh yeah, sure it will. 
Uh, let me get rid of this. It takes a moment. This is Kyle Bland's uh, PLV apps, by the way, which are just invaluable. Oh, he added the. I asked the like the date range. I was like, hey, I just want to make sure like the Whirly Bird slider for for Pavetta. And it's okay, cool. And then like within a day, it was we had a date range. Oh, I'm like, this is so the greatest good. feeling in the world. Uh, thank you so much, Kyle. <laughs> I need I need a Kyle Bland. Yeah, right. We all need a Kyle Bland. <laughs> yeah, here's uh, here's Kyle Harrison's forcing. This one oh, I was talking about the IVB terrible so vertical here. break, but right. so much really arm side. Like this is but a true two seamer. And with, I am with yeah. good extension. Yeah, good yeah. V- and like that velo number doesn't look good, but he's a starter and he's a lefty. So it's right. It's actually so pretty it's good. like Tarek Skubal, actually. That's why that 95 96, because his doesn't have a good shape at all. Actually, it's kind of why I'm out on Tarek Skubal. I know. Bit. And the steamer projection is amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna talk more about that with Spore tomorrow morning. And by the way, we're doing a fireside chat at 10 a.m. tomorrow. We're adding an extra hour to PitchCon. No, because we have this, uh, we have a brand new special event at the 1 p.m. And I didn't want to miss the fire chat, fireside chat with Spore. So we're going to talk about Tarek Skubal and all this stuff then. That's 10 a.m. It's good. Extra hour pitch guns. We need it. We need 56 hours, not 55. We need the air horns. We need the air horns at 10 in the morning. Oh, my God. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so Kyle Harrison's fastball here. The, the, the VAA, though, is so good. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, what he also it, it, adds... I can show you. And, he, and from that spray chart, you can see what you're talking about. He, he's pretty good at keeping it up in the zone. Well, this is so... I love this. Um, this is what uh, Kyle has added to this, uh, which is... Actually, let's try this one instead. Like, high um, and away is yeah. like a cold zone for most hitters. It's like the new low and away. You know oh, what I no. mean? Like, yes high and away no. is really hard for people to oh, cover. I, I, yes and no. Okay, well, so no, I have a huge thing against high, There's a lot of the highball hitters are like the Carlos Correa, Alex Bredman, Yankum guys. You yeah. know, they're high and tight. So, like, okay, the the worry I have, you're right. I, I'm agreeing with you that like Cunha's only is hole good. is high and away. <laughs> uh, like this is good, but the problem to me is that it's too close to this, and this is like the worst thing you can do. Like to yeah. me, as a, as a four seamer, yeah, this a, is like a, you just push yeah, it out yeah, and you go. That. Right. And also there's and, a lot that's not in the zone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that too. Uh, and this is like, you know, I remember my college coach uh, at O2 pitches. We had to throw away fastballs as our first pitch, like off the plate. And I was like, this is the stupidest thing. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good to practice. I'm going to practice a ball over and over again. Right. And like, eventually I just like kind of maneuvered around it by doing like a shodu, uh, a shudo rather, uh, which is like, you know, the backdoor two seamer. Uh-huh. Um, that was and lending off the plate, but the umpire would give it to me. But literally, my first ever at bat in college, I threw an O2 fastball that was off the plate away, and the guy hit a single, a single to center. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, I mean, but like, this is this yeah. is passable. I think the, the the fastball stuff. Like I'm I'm I would say I'm good on Kyle Harrison's fastball, even if the model just says it's it's good to okay. You know, like it's yeah maybe an above average pitch. Well, I'm just surprised that people part. can't build stuff off of it. Right. This is so. This is so fascinating to me. I love this actually. That's uh, like left-handed um, um, hitters are seeing four seamers inside to Cal Harrison, and the ICR is on it. It's forty percent, and because um, so that's those are pitches fine. moving in on the lefties. Yeah, so he's throwing it on the inner half and moving right. in on them. Yeah, that's good actually. Oh, that's I mean, like a, that's like a righty though. on righty sinker, right? Right, exactly. Uh, so I'm cool with that, and that's that's the thing I really have against this is like. For a guy like Kyle Harrison, I think the number one skill I look for in lefties is being able to put a fastball inside of righties. Mm. And if you look at that game against the Reds, I'm pretty sure that Kyle Harrison was, yeah. It's a lot of the way. It was a lot of the umpire helped him. It was a ton of fastballs. I was like, 
I was like, I was trying to wait for the changeups and the and the sliders because I wanted or the breaking balls. I wanted to see them. And like, <laughs> so here this here this so is so many fastballs, right? Yeah, it's just all these over the plate like this. And like he had 16 called strikes, not seven whiffs. He had 37 percent CSW on it. Uh, and like these, they just couldn't touch these, right? And not to mention the curveball um, spot. Let's see if I can uh, get this. A little look, that's that the red is fastball, right? So he's not. Yeah, and then curveballs are. This is. I'll take this all day if you can command it like this, like in the zone and right underneath it with the curveball yeah. too. Um, but then I, look at your look at your curveball heat map. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Let's it. go to that one. Yeah, that'll be fun. Because that is that that might actually be the my biggest outlier in that start. Is he put his curveball in good places? If you look at the yeah. heat map for the curveball, he does not put it in good places. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, so let's take a look at that really quickly. Again, this is using the the PLV uh, pitches app, and it's so helpful. It just looks uh, like he so, hangs yeah. He doesn't get. He doesn't have low lock on this. He hangs. It's all, it's, <laughs> look at this. So the left inside to the lefty. <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't throw it much. Though. I don't even know what that is. Is that oh. that's, that's trying to be a front door. Like yeah, trying yeah, to don't do that. <laughs> but it also looks like he hits them a lot. Or, <laughs> the hitter stands here hit. and gets hit. <laughs> so, so this is the thing that like, um, I think you'd agree with this a bit too. Uh, there are certain guys when it comes to also like stuff plus, even if it said it liked it, to me it's like, all right, can he locate it? Like Graham Ashcraft is the perfect example of this. Mm-hmm. Of like, we know that that cutter is so filthy, but like the dude cannot locate that thing. He just like, it's an absolute shotgun blast. And with Kyle Harrison, and even with this fastball and this curveball, it's like the other element is there are certain ones that we know the command just isn't good. You know, it's yeah. not a question of if it will be good or not. And uh, the fun for me is like, cool, I get to watch more. And like, this is my job. <laughs> like, I'm happy we had the stuff plus as like the, the baseline. And then it's like, okay, now I need to do the work of discerning if it is something he can do properly. Right. And, and honestly, the, it, if you have this type of profile, then it puts a lot more pressure on the stuff plus. Like, yeah, the yeah. only way out for these guys is to out stuff it. And so, like Ashcraft, like I guess for him, I would want, I'd wish more pitches. You know, mm-hmm. just like yeah, yeah, throw everything to the middle of the zone. It'll be scatter shot, but you'll have two of them will be amazing stuff plus. You keep them kind of rocking back and forth. Do your best. Do everything but the command because you don't have the command. So that's right. how I tell Harrison is you can't do this on one pitch, you know, yeah. because you don't have great mean. command. So it's not like it's not gonna be Mo. You're gonna be Mariano out there like <laughs> dying. You're not doing that. So you need to find a breaking ball that works, and it it's so frustrating because it looks. To the eye test, that looks like an okay curveball, dude. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. But, but I, know. I think it just, I think well, it's an average. It's like somehow averageish, and just like a dead zone curveball. And I mean, it they, doesn't. Have they've been trying break, to have right. him throw. I don't think he has the mechanics to throw the death ball. No, I don't the think death so ball is no. the over the top guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. you know, I don't. I think he needs to kind of firm it up not have as much drop and really try to do a sweeper. But then you get into the, like, then you start having platoon splits where he's a lefty. He's throwing a big old sweeper and everybody says the sweeper's harder to command. It's bigger movement profile. That's what we need to add to him. (laughs) Yeah. Like let's take a guy who has no command and add this thing. And yet, you know, there's enough there. He made it. He's like this. I think he's my number 75. You know, it's like mm-hmm. just barely hanging on to relevant relevance, like could come in spring and just be like, oh, this gyro slider, I can actually command this. There are people right. that 
that you know take a huge step forward even without a huge stuff pitch that they can like it's like you were talking about woodruff like you know it's like oh i have a breaking ball that i can i can do it 2-0 and now now i'm totally different and now yeah. the changeup just needs to be good enough and i'm you know and I can even throw the slurve sometimes. And all of a sudden, he becomes a four-pitch pitcher because of this gyro slider. And they they tried that. The Giants tried that. And, they, you know, you know, I did reach out to somebody who said, I don't think it's going to work. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me where I'm like, this is the only thing. I'm like, yeah, he's not going to do that. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> I think one of them was Wilson Ramos to me uh, with the Mets. I was, I was so infuriated. I think I've shared this with you where he could not frame. Like uh, he would, he would make pitchers actively worse by like catching a slider that'd be at the bottom of the zone and then just grab it like that and pull it out of the zone as uh, he catches it <laughs> and then set up fastballs like middle, like almost dead center, but like slightly away, but then middle. And then they would hit that spot and it would get crushed. And I literally said when Zach Wheeler signed with the Phillies, like, I'm happy. It's just not the Mets. That's now he's going to be great because <laughs> no. it's not Wilson Ramos. And I wonder, like, I wonder if there's anybody still out there like that. I, I you know, off the God. top of my head, like Christian Betancourt is not, I don't think a great framer. Mm. Oh man. Uh, but they, they, a lot of the bad head. framers got sort of out of the game. Oh, is that right? I guess so. I mean, like there's just, I feel like that's the way with everything though. Like that's a skill that, everyone's expected to have now right yeah jeff sullivan well, you know before he went to work for the rays one of his last pieces was about how the uh difference between the best framers and, and the smaller and the worst framers was getting smaller every year oh man look at that good yeah, for all of us pitchers we we need that you know make us look as good as possible please but i think that's uh, part of why harrison you know did show better walk rates in the majors was mm, you know mm. it's patrick bailey it's a human yeah you know so you know, I, I and then, you know, when you're in a park, another thing that that occurs to me when I think of Kyle Harrison is I was looking at Edward Cabrera's uh, home and away splits. Right. And, uh, you know, DVR, my my uh, my brother from another mother was talking about like, you know, um, uh, Edward Cabrera's walk rate is like untenable. Like if you just look at 15, 16 percent walk rates like there's nobody who's like done that year after year but then if you go 13 percent, you win a cy young right that's i was like yeah then there's blake snell <laughs> but uh uh um uh, but i looked at edward cabrera's home and away splits and i was like man you know if you walk a guy in an extreme pitcher's park and then it's really hard to hit homers yeah they're gonna maybe single some of those guys home but you're not gonna give up the the grand slam or the three-run homer that really gives you that you know, three innings, seven runs that you can get yeah, in like sure. Yankee Stadium or something, you know? Right. So, uh, you know, Edward Cabrera to me, in fantasy at least, is a useful pitcher this year that I might have to be careful with on the road and stuff. But uh, Kyle Harrison is definitely going to give people good starts this year. You know, it's funny you mentioned Edward Cabrera because uh, I've been thinking so much about him. And I'm with you that like, yeah, these walk rates are ridiculous. The 15% walk rate this past year was 11% uh, in 2022. And obviously it's like, okay, the four seamer, he just can't throw for strikes, right? That's just mm -hmm. what we know. Uh, however, however, it actually is a 62% strike rate against right-handers, believe it or not. I noticed and he like, had a 97 location plus, and I'm like, that's borderline. That, that, like, that can actually right? work. But the thing is, uh, against left-handers last year, it was a 54% strike rate. <laughs> mm. and, and to me, that's, that's fixable. Like it, it's surprising to see that too, because generally when you see 
Um, when you go against opposite handedness, it looks so open. The The strike zone is so nice and lovely and you can just throw it easily over the plate because it's where your arm is coming. You're not going to hit them. Oh. It feels like it's free, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, the a, there's, a, there's a mental component. Charlie, Charlie right. Morton says he likes throwing his curveball more to lefties, I think, because he feels like if he misses, it's going to be like off the plate in in a place that they're not going to hit it anyway. Right. Whereas somehow if he misses to righties, he might leave it over the middle of the plate. I can't tell you how many elbows I hit with that curveball in high school. <laughs> and like, <laughs> to, never called it. it. They <laughs> always do this and it would be over the plate even. And yeah. it's like, I like lefties. I like throwing my curveball to lefties now. Um, but to me, it's like, I can't get this out of my head. Ever Cabrera's mechanics also, when I compare him to Cal Harrison, are much smoother. It's a lot mm. more straightforward toward the plate. It's not as erratic. It's not like the... Uh, the Andrew Heaney, Shaman. What do you not like about right? the? Do you not like like that like stream close thing that Kyle Harrison how he sets up or? It, it's the arm angle. It's the. Uh, it's also the quick turns. It's a lot more cross body um, mm. than like with uh, Eric Cabrera, who's much more hey directed straight towards home plate. And it surprises me a bit that he has such a high walk rate because traditionally with the kind of mechanics that Eric Cabrera has, um, I'll put it up for everyone to see. It is much more generating toward home plate. And I feel like it's an adjustment that he can have. I mean, his stuff with his four seamer right now, he's way out of the zone, but up. He's trying to elevate it a ton. He's trying to go up and in. And it's kind of surprising to me because he has such a good changeup that goes down and away. And honestly, you can just kind of play off of each other. Like down throw away. some away fastball yeah. to, to lefties. Yeah, just do that. Run. It's okay. And that changeup will make it good enough. And you don't really need to accept it. Because they'll have to honor that. They'll, maybe, they'll take some of those pitches because exactly, they right. think they're changeups. It's, it's what Spencer Strider said, right? That was your house is kind of to yeah, learning a changeup. game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's honestly the thing that I think Shane Bieber's got to do is that low and away fastball. He's started to get higher up, but he's got... Like, but this he, is something I'm They can too. keyhole you, right? If it's hard, right. you know, if it's yep. high, it's hard, you know? Right. And if it's and I, low, it's soft. Like what I'm realizing is there are a lot of guys with a good IVB, but they don't have enough VAA to keep it up. And it's kind of your guys with the higher release of points that come down. Mm-hmm. And instead of keeping that up, because it won't really work there, like Tanner Bybee tries to kind of do that. But no, man, that's like a sub 10% swing strike rate. He says, stay birdie, stay birdie. And I'm starting to realize that if you have any decent IVB, but you have really bad VAA, it might be better to live low because then you get those called strikes. You're actually able to pin it low because it feels like it's going to go down out of the zone. It's a steeper VAA then, so it's harder to get mm. lift on that anyway. And then it stays up and you get that called strike. And that is the exact gallon method. Like that's yeah. what he does. He has good IVB, but it's not the greatest everything else. And then he gets those changeups down. He gets those curveballs down. He has like a 24, 25% called strike rate on his four seamer. Um, mm. And the time that gallon had problems, he was doing the Blake Snell blueprint. He was trying to do that thing. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's like actually a new avenue I never really explored before. So Shane Bieber, you just got to get it lower, which is, oh boy, never said that one before. But there's um, a, there's a, there is like a, a, a minimum level of command, mm. um, you know, that you're sort of talking about that, you know, you, you're looking for in terms of maybe sort of eye test. Um, but there's also, you know, uh, what I've seen in my, in my numbers is like, if you're looking at location plus like 95, um, is a, is a number that like overall, that's a sort of divider. And that's why I was like, you know, Edward Cabrera at 97 could be a Blake Snell. Uh, but you know, somebody, when he was the the year before, even he was more like 94, 93, where it 
look like he was really going to be. So I think there's a chance he he goes into that. And I wonder if you can use it on the pitch level. So Kyle Harrison's location plus 102 on the uh, on the fastball. So mm-hmm. decent enough. 90 on the slurve. Yeah. And that's what we saw in that. That's what we saw in that in that heat map. It's not even about like even if it's at let's say even ninety seven. The way I see it though is especially for like fantasy purposes, the volatility of that is still there. Mm. It's not like every game you throw two of them, one's gonna be good, one's gonna be bad or something, right? It's just their Daisy has feel, their Daisy doesn't. And that's that's gonna be like a like a very high strikeout hitter or something. Yeah. Like a, a setting inducing pitcher stifling the entire roster, right? It's this, uh, <laughs> but really it's like the inconsistencies and I, you know, it's, we see this all the time. There, there are ebbs and flows of the season where guys are really just grooving it. They really feel it and they get there. And the greats are the ones that recognize what that is in those moments are able to hold on to it longer. Um, but I, yeah, I see this in Kyle Harrison. It's just, there's some days you feel that location you feel that coming out of your hand. And I can't really believe that it's, I don't know, like it's just like an average location every time. It's just, it's too much up and down. And I think it's a product of the mechanics. Yeah. I Statistically, 98 location plus, like it, not in a big sample, but it's in a big enough one for me to think, I think, it, I think it, it, it still could be what's holding him back. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you, like I have, there's like, I want him to have a better, I want him to have a good pitching coach. I wanted him to have Bailey, you know? Oh yeah. And now he doesn't. So I'm really hoping that JP Martinez, you know, sees something you know, that he can work with. But, but then you also think like he's, how many pitching coaches he had on the way up? Sure. How many, coaches, how many where does he, does he go somewhere in the off season? So he's right. had like four or five pitching coaches who put their hands in this already. <laughs> you know, he's had a couple different pitching coordinators. Like they've tried a lot of things. So if we're sitting here being like, well, if only he could throw this gyro <laughs> slider, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I, I hope it comes together. I mean, again, with the VAA, like he does, it, it really helps him a ton. Um, just from the get go. Yeah. Uh, we've seen how that can have a big effect. And if he's sitting 94, I mean, you know, let's even improves that slightly. Like, well, I can have a massive effect. And the last thing that, that, you know, on Harrison that I find interesting is that there are players that have good fastballs and don't have good secondaries. Mm-hmm. And so generally... Zach Wheeler. Well, that's that's the really good outcome. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I have I have another name on his team that's like the not as good outcome. Who's that? Taiwan Walker. On his team? Oh, oh on Wheeler's team. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's like, when did you go to the Giants? Did he ever go to the Giants? Okay. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Wheeler, big fastball, good outcomes, like sort of put it together, figured out and added a sweeper yeah. this year. Like all these things added, 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 added. Taiwan Walker, great fastball. It's still his best pitch. And for some reason, the secondaries haven't, you know, come off. And there may be like a more advanced way to think about this, but uh, I just know that for some it works out and some it does. I think about this with Taj Bradley. Yep. You know, here's a guy who has a great fastball. He's struggling to put the secondary pieces around it. Uh, which way is he going to go? And I wonder, you know, extension is a, is a funny thing because uh, Logan Gilbert has it in spades. Kyle Har- Harrison has it in spades. Um, and Taj Bradley has it in spades. And uh, I just wonder if extension if if there's something there mechanically that makes it hard to add other pitches, like that's because so, you're that's really hitting this spot way yeah. out in front, and you're and you're 
right? And like, if yeah. you think about extension, it's really, it's, I think it is hard actually to throw, if you have great extension, it's hard to throw like a great curveball, you know, from, yeah. if that, with that extension, like glass now is one of the exceptions because you're so far out there. And well, curveball, yeah. On some level, you have to yank it a little bit. Like it's hard right. to be like, I'm gonna get six foot seven out there and <laughs> yank it, you know. So Maybe I mean, so like, on on Glasnow's point, I mean, it, it <laughs> is a good one, but it also is not a consistent one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, other ones I'm thinking about extension or Wheeler, who that's mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Nola actually shockingly has incredible extension. And I'm like, hey, more four seamers upstairs, please, because what do you and a great, have? Great curveball, yeah. great change yeah. up. So it's and it's, and it's with Wheeler and Nola, both of them are low IVB guys relatively to the to the to the field. You wouldn't really expect it, right? Yeah. So I uh, that's that's super. There's something more to be teased out there because there's extension yeah. with ride, so you're kind of an right. over the top extender. And then there's extension without ride, where you're you know a sideways extender. Yeah. That's, that's such an interesting thought. Like Freddie Peralta struggled a long time to get his. Yes, uh, there you go. That's a great example. Um, He's the, the extender. Like yeah. he was like he used to have number one extension in the league, and he couldn't put together a, a breaking ball on top of it. That's so fast. I mean, now he has three extra pitches, which is so funny. He's got yeah. he had a change of showing up in September, Freddie Peralta. Like, what are <laughs> yeah. you doing? You were already like the best guy in the second half. Fine, not Blake Snell, but you know what I mean. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I got to change him now. Okay. I gotta go. Uh, Sorry, I gotta go uh, push uh, Tarek Skubal down a couple of my rankings. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tarek Skubal. What does he? But that's have off that topic. Who's your though? guy? We're halfway through. Oh, you man. got. You got a debut. Well, your okay, guy. I had. I. Uh, I mean, I, this is a good transition because if you want to talk about really in a great extension guy, um, it's Cutter Crawford. Uh, oh. I'm so in on Cutter Crawford. Yeah, I. I wish you would pick someone that I hate, but I. I uh... <laughs> Why would I do that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. I am um, in. Cutter Crawford is someone that is just flying up my draft board because actually it took so long to get to him. I didn't get to the Red Sox in my rotation pieces. And I was kind of like, intrigued. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, let me just see what's going on. I like. I really just want to talk about the entire Red Sox, really. Because um, I think my least favorite one is Giolito, which is kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a weird that they decided to keep to do that instead of sell, sale. I didn't really get that. But uh, Crawford... Uh, by stuff plus, he has five pitches that are above average. Right, he has so much. He's so and filthy. the last one's the split and, finger, which performs all right. Oh man, I didn't even like consider that one. Uh, <laughs> for me, I mean, it's it, it, look Cutter Crawford to me entering the sea. We're like, hey, he actually has a really good PLV on his four seamer and his and his slider, and he wasn't using his slider enough, and he was overusing his cutter, which ironically I didn't like for for Crawford at first. Um, but but he had to have a good cutter. I mean, yeah, he had to. He actually, <laughs> I, I've shared this before uh, to people, but um, he's the only one that has an Easter egg on his player page uh, at PitcherList. I don't know if you guys know this, if you've noticed it at all. Props to you. Uh, but you'll see on Cutter Crawford's player page here that uh, he his cutter is spelled a little differently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's got that uh, lovely K instead. Um, I mean, the but, pitch type card will it show up there? Oh, yeah, it's here. Oh, and down um, in this stuff, too. Yeah, it's in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, but for Cutter Crawford, really the only problem I see, I mean, first and foremost, his ICRs and everything are great. And just this ICR being, of course, on contact, he wants to under 40% on everything. If it's a fastball, 
under 40%, beautiful. If it's under 35% as a secondary, that's great. To me, that's just a better all-encompassing, hey, balls in play stat. And I pair that with strike rate. We have a new stat, striker, strike minus ICR rate that's coming out uh, in a week and a half now uh, for PLX that Kyle Bland talked about earlier on in PitchCon. But you see the super high strike rates too. He has four pitches that are above a 64% strike rate here. And it's curveball slider, cutter, and four-seamer. And and all underneath 40% ICR. And the only problem I found, um, I believe it was either against righties or lefties, is that the ICR and the four-seamer was just too high. And everything else was was okay. And like, great. It was like, that's the only thing. You just saw a few too many hits on it. And then I realized, oh, he's just throwing it like slightly too much in the zone. Like that is a 48% ICR. I mean, what's going on? If you go to the player page or the uh, the the app for Cutter Crawford, it's like it's high lock, but it's inside the zone high lock, right? This is the fastball or the cutter. This is the four seamer. So it's seventy three percent. Yeah, it's a lot right here, in right? the zone. That's right. And uh, so it, it drives me nuts. I'm like, dude, you have look at this. This is oh my gosh. Okay. Eighteen. I mean, he's point four. He, yeah, okay, so never mind. That's what I'm thinking. I'm not the extension. In, I in take a that back. Critical break for sure. So much. He's over the top more, but still, eighteen point four is incredible. And I'll take a one. Normally, when we see that really high release point, we see it kind of like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.6. We see it more negatively. And the fact that the VA isn't harming this, and you have that IVB, probably tells and me it has it. some arm side break. It's not even yeah, like that's a zero true that too. Way. Yeah, no, uh, no cut. Thankfully, I'm a, I'm anti cut. I call it the plan one thousand cuts. Well, because then he then then he would have like a cut fastball, a cutter, right. a slider, and a curveball, and it would just be like, what you need to have something that goes the other way. Yeah, they, they, great point. Uh, right. So as you look at this, he kills lefties. He actually gets us here, but this is too much here inside the zone, the top third. And to me, it's just like, oh, just that's the only adjustment. Just like oh, just a little bit more. That's it. And he wins. I think the other thing that is tough about Cutter Crawford, and this is, you know, doesn't really have to do anything with what we're talking about, but I think I think that's a really, really tough park to play in. Oh and yeah, sure. I-, I think that just people like see that green monster and righties are just like, you know, drooling over it and lefties, and it doesn't really show up in his numbers because his batting average on balls and play was fine. But you know, the high home run rate, is that due to his stuff or is that due to parks? He had some home run rate problems in the minors, but you know what? What is his home run rate going to look for? Going to be going forward? He he does have a good approach against lefties with that cutter. Yeah, um, and and lefties can hit homers there by pulling it down the line. But I just I think that maybe it gets even into into people's heads. Um, and you know, for last year for Cutter Crawford, home six ERA away oh, two forty nine. Oh my gosh! And and when I lo- I tried to look at like his pitch selection home and away, and there was like not right. anything there. So um, I kind of tend to think that. And I and I also did an article um, asking a bunch of people, you know, like uh, pitchers, like where, like, like where do you like the mound? You know, like oh, where, as in like the actual dirt and everything. Yeah, yeah. What? Where does the mound feel good? Because yeah. Chris Bassett was like, there are taller mounds in the league. Book it. Yes. You know, don't let anyone tell you any different. Nelson Figueroa says stuff like this too. Tampa he Bay jokes is that like tall. The uh, the bullpens would be higher for the opposing oh, team. Oh, that let that's not in the article. I took <laughs> that out. But there was a bunch of people saying New York, the Mets, Mets have different tall, sizes, taller, taller bullpens. What Figueroa told us. So that when they go on I the field, they're like, what the hell? that. 
<laughs> that's amazing because it really feels so good they come out and it's worse and like what's going on <laughs> yeah how messed up so, is that boston came in as a bottom three five mound like it was every it, like it came up oh, a bunch wow. of times as a place people didn't like but as i explored this story there was the psychology of the park and i realized that the size of the mound was often defined by the backstop and um, how close the backstop was and how close the fans were and, and it became this sort of like i feel low because they're in you right. know there was one little like thing that was amazing the mound in san francisco is actually higher the grounds crew confirmed but home plate is also higher and it's because of drainage <laughs> so they made the Wait. difference between the mound and home plate the same as everywhere else. So they just scooped it down underneath in front. And so I was asking the guy, so if you're running from third base to home, is there some point where you're like running uphill? Yeah, right. <laughs> and he's like, yes, we're talking millimeters though. We're That's talking amazing. That's but so it's cool. enough for the water to drain because wow. it's so it's, uh, it's at sea level. It's actually maybe even below a little bit. Uh -huh. And so they needed to do something to kind of drain it. Any case, long story short, <laughs> people felt like in Boston, the, the walls were coming in on them. The, the backstop is close. You don't get any foul ground to kind of, you know, right. catch those foul. So foul balls. Oakland, that must be number one. The green monster is like over your shoulder being like, well, okay, <laughs> don't give up anything over this way. You know, you're just like, ah, like I could, I could bet you like pitching in Boston. And I think they should do something. I think they should think about this. I think there's, I don't know what to do about it, but they have obviously had a really hard time developing pitching. And sure. it's not for nothing. Like Brian Bayo and Cutter Crawford are good pitchers. If they had come up in San Diego or San Francisco mm -hmm. or in Seattle, if they'd come up in Seattle, we would be talking about how the Red Sox in Seattle, the Seattle Red Sox have like this great new starting duo. I think, I think that they're that quality, but Boston masks it, makes it harder for them, makes it harder for them to break in. I think that there's a and Bill Petty had some research that extreme hitters parks affects the win percentage of the team. Oh, wow. So like negatively, negatively. Yeah. Now, I don't oh, know how much like Coors is just screwing that <laughs> because I don't think Denver is a really well run team or anything. But, you know, I could see it just like developing young pitching is hard enough. Having them come up and every mistake they make is just blasting. Yeah, it's amplified and everything. That's why Seattle avoids the PCL, right? That's why they go from double A to the majors a lot. Yeah. And anybody who had Vegas, when Blue Jays had Vegas, they never put the they never sent their guys to Vegas. They always they always skipped that. Oh man, I didn't even consider that with the whole Oakland A's thing going to Vegas. Of like that's that's gonna be a difference, right? Like you go from well, Oakland right, out to the greatest pitchers park. Yeah. All of a sudden, out to Las Vegas. I didn't even consider that. People forget that Vegas is at altitude. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I think they're going to have to build a dome. I mean, you can't play in summer in Vegas. So that that doesn't. That's true. It, uh, does, I, it does help. It'll help with some things, but maybe not everything. Yeah. I mean, my whole goal, my whole end game with Pitcher List is to own a baseball team, specifically the Colorado Rockies. And my first action is to move out of Colorado. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> my 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 dream uh, is to pressurize. <laughs> the stadium <laughs> just make it like the simpsons dome of like the city or whatever just <laughs> so that when you walk in there's like a <laughs> you know like have you, have you ever been to like space uh, like a, they open up for the planes to come in and they yeah but, or have you been to like a um like a a, a, a butterfly exhibit 
No, I have not. Oh, you've got it. I mean, it's beautiful. I got it, dude. I didn't. I didn't. I should have that on my list. I don't know. Hey, hey, butterflies are beautiful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that way. When you when like they they do the thing so the butterflies can't get out, where it's mm -hmm. like double doors, and the first door opens, and there's kind of like a little suction effect, and then the second door opens. Oh, really? Oh, you so need to have double doors everywhere in the stadium. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it needs to be an airlock. It needs to, you know, full on sci-fi movie. Let's actually have Colorado Rockies play in a spaceship above <laughs> where we've normalized gravity. Yeah. That's it. I found it, guys. We solved it. We, we did it. Um, but I mean, so so to so bring us back to to the Red Sox, Cutter um, Crawford. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I, I the thing about it though is Crawford got better with those secondaries as it, as it went on though, and that's that's mm. what got me excited. It's like I didn't like that Cutter initially. And, and then how all he used started, them or in, in velo and movement? Um, just in location, I would think. Uh, of just like how he merged everything. Got he bigger. That might be good. The, the slider was more. utilized more as well. And I think that made it so that the the whole mix felt deadlier when that cutter came in. Um, he didn't quite yeah, know. Yeah, he became more of enough. like a starter. Yeah, you look at that slider, yeah. more usage. It's as it so went good. On. And more the fact that all three, all these pitches are well located, better than I expected. Um, yeah. and are missing bats and he's also going to be going every five days now and can go six innings like the Red Sox. Like, yeah, whatever. Okay, good. Go and I do guess like thing. one thing that bothers me a little bit, and this is, um, because he, he, he popped the year before too, but, um, the year before 12 starts against 21 appearances. And I think that, I think that some of his stuff numbers were kind of inflated by mm. his, his relief appearances. But last year we're looking at 23 starts in 31 appearances. I think that's I think it's who he is. There's yeah. still this like four ERA against a three three X ERA without a problem in Babip. Without I mean I guess a little no no strand rate problem. So it's like what what is what was unlucky about last year? Like what is going to get better than he? I mean honestly year? I would just take or would you just take last, last year? year again. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> like a four, it, I mean, it was a four year a one eleven whip, and generally when I see that, it's like okay, cool, untimely home runs, and the lead, um, yeah, 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 untimely home runs, I guess. Um, and then like twenty six percent carry, seven percent walk rate. It's uh, and what improves, I would also say that location of that four seamer, right, just getting a little further up, so it's not a forty eight percent ICR. Mm. Um, that's the biggest problem, and it's like, oh, that's totally fine, like. And with like, that walk other, rate, he can actually walk a few more. He can exactly spray it above the zone. He didn't need to have a seventy-three percent strike rate, right, against righties. What if he has like a you know a eight percent walk rate, but phenomenal he gets the home run under right. one per nine. Hit per nine goes down. It's seven point five. That can be closer to seven as well. And like yeah, it, it's all there. And it's it, what's really nice to me is seeing a pitcher who there's different levels of command. Um, and when I see shotgun blasts versus precision. Um, I always can think, cool, adjustments can be made. Good example that I often use is George Kirby's slider being more distant off of the plate, but all clumped together off the plate. And then this year being much more over the plate and just kind of taking that and grabbing it over as yeah, the Kirby's general the area is there. Like, right? miss the plate more often, dude. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Kirby, please. He's a prime <laughs> example of that, like putting your fastball in the wrong place and that, that up and away stuff. It's his ICR was like 50% on his four seamer. To right-handers because he's kept doing that and i'm like dude just go here we know this works here you're so good at this you have the lowest sorry first percentile called strike rate on four seamers but the 99th percentile on swing strikes like wait that's uh, kirby 
Yeah, that's his four-seamer. Well, he has first percentile called strikes? Yes, on his four-seamer. So that's 10%. bad? Yeah, well, it's... it's My understanding of his swing rate is so high. Uh, so guys, when it's in the zone, he's putting so much in the zone. Because so it they're like, it's not his best pitch. pitch. So they want to swing at it. They 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 love it. Right. And so he, he should miss his own more often. For them. Right. So, so he, he should, should miss go out of it. Often. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's like, well, okay, clearly they're you're giving in to them a little bit. Even though you see the swing strike rate, doesn't matter because they crush it. When it's they hard hit it. to complain about George Kirby. Guy, my God, like <laughs> he's like a pitching savant. Like, oh, that's the thing is, I love him so much. That's why <laughs> I feel so much belief. Want to win the side. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna do it because, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, sweet, awesome. This is the thing. Just, just do that. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Let's go do that. You know. I mean, and he's the type of guy where he's like, I'm gonna do this thing, and then he just does it. I'll throw a knuckleball, whatever. Yeah, right. Uh, and it was like a good one. <laughs> yeah, he's insane. I mean, there's also the thing about like the Seattle Manners of their splitters that I don't know how to feel. Like with Gilbert and his, his was good, and then it was bad, and whatever. And then Kirby, I had to exactly point out something that I wanted to tell you. Yeah, what's up? He said that splitters perform better than you expect given their swing rates. Oh, that's interesting. And zone rates. They perform I know that the, you don't love yeah. the splitter, and I was thinking like maybe maybe even Kyle Harrison should throw one because if he can't pronate that well, maybe he should well, actually do the over the top. Some of the over. I want to clarify. I love splitters. I just hate them as number two pitches. Uh, well, it, but it's still it's worked for Kyle Gossman and it's worked yeah. for a bunch of relievers, and that's where it was pointed out to me was mm. they were they were talking about Kirby Yates, mm. and they said, yeah, Kirby Yates has like a thirty percent zone rate on the on the sure. splitter. Yeah, you'd think that people would stop swinging at it, and right. he said there's something about the mechanics of a splitter that it just looks so much like a fastball that people will swing at it even if you have terrible zone rates. Yeah, I mean, Kodai Senga's killing it with his. Uh, yeah, he has a terrible zone rate, and you kind of yeah. you oh, want to be like, oh, regression's coming. They're just going right. to lay off the ghost fork eventually. No, they're not going maybe to. they won't. Well, I mean, the problem I have with Kodai Senga is more of like, how good actually is that cutter and four seamer? But then I like the four seamer more, but then he can't actually locate it well. And yeah. is the cutter going to perform as I well think again? There's going to be some regression for him. Um, I don't think but, the cutter's uh, very good. And but right, I mean, the thing is, okay, you take away the cutter from Kodai Senga, there's no way he performs as well as he does, right? Right. I mean that that's kind of my problem with splitters so is that maybe that's you target pitch I'm in. You target the cutter as a hitter, right? Um, and that's the pitch that I think. Just I kept watching it had lower ICR rates than I expected, and I just watching this. I'm like, how is this happening? Uh, it doesn't quite compute with me. Um, but maybe the four seamer and the cutter just look that much different, and it's just that hard for you're just guessing between the two. I don't know. Um, but that's the number three, right? And that's okay. Gosman is a weird one. And the thing is also the four seamer gets destroyed. Your <laughs> the four, the, no, the, but the thing is the whip is always high though. I mean, yeah. it's a 118 whip. That's why he needs year. to have like a usable breaker, even if he doesn't right. And the like, sliders. I mean, that's. It's that is usable. like, um, I don't know if you know Big Mouth, but that is Steve's ghost or whatever, is that slider. Um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but that's, no. uh, that's all I'm going to say. It's fine. Uh, but <laughs> it's like but, not the one you want to have. It's, it, it is a no, thing. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it I ex- yeah. Um, but, you know, when I look yeah. at Cutter Crawford, something, here's a name that just popped in my head, which is really weird, um, but I think relevant. Shane Green. So Shane Green comes up and has a pretty decent fastball and has three breaking balls, right? Yeah. And I have multiple conversations with him over the years. Like, 
How do you keep them separate? Do you keep them separate? Do they morph together? Is this a problem? You know, and he's like, he's like, yeah, no, maybe. I don't know. I, I just <laughs> try to, you know, I try to keep them separate. But over time, he kind of did stop throwing three. I talked to Max Scherzer. Here's another name that I think is relevant. Max Scherzer has like four breaking balls. They don't all get separated out in all of our systems, but he has he has like a fast, a hard slider, a soft slider. He, he really does have. And when I talked to him most recently, he said the number one thing he works on start to start, the number one thing that was missing after his injury is separating his breaking balls and keeping the shapes different huh. and commanding them. So oh, is there any risk with Cutter Crawford being like we talked about, like, is that fastball going to start to get some cut, you know, because sure. everything cuts, you know, right, right. And now, and the big breakout we just said is him being forcing cutter curve slider. It's a lot, you know, and I, and, and so I'm now teaching my kid mm. too. Um, and one of the things that we, we started, we, I used to do like fastball command all the time, and then he can rip as many breaking balls at the end if he hits his fastball command targets. Right. Cause he really wants right, to, right. he wants to make the ball move. He's like yeah. every kid. They want to make the, yeah, of course it's the coolest thing ever. Right. <laughs> but we, what we realized was if he rips a bunch of breaking balls and then he gets to the point where like, he's got a good one and he's dancing around the mound. We're all super happy because it, it broke and it's, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. Then he tries to throw a fastball the next time he throws it in the dirt. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. So that's, yep. this is actually kind of brings together a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, about extension release point. This release point is a place out in space, you know, that is different for different pitches. And I think, you know, when the Orioles ban the cutter, one of the things they were saying is you start getting around side the ball, you start cutting your fastball, you start losing velo, you get used to being like this. Sonny Gray's hand doesn't go straight. He's yeah, no, right. That forcing broke in this way. Action, yeah. he, 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 he can only do this, you know, right, he can right. only put curve it could be cut on the you ball know, that was a theory that fast had about the yankees all learning cutters and then having worse fastballs uh -huh. um, is that all of them started to and learn Cole's it a little bit afraid of it. it and cole yeah. like reduces his homers this year by throwing more cutters a little right. bit but he he doesn't want to push it because he's afraid of what it'll do to his fastball shape i mean look what it did to his maybe his slider that was a 15 percent swing striker this past year as opposed to like the 20 percent plus that we've seen before and yet um, he cut his home run rate and it yeah. wasn't all bad. He won the friggin' Cy Young. So did he really? I don't know. <laughs> Finally I voted oh, for that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> is there any risk with cutter? Well, you know, sort of to that point, cut disease. So here's a, uh, in this movement profile of pretty proper stuff. They're, um, they're, they're not like Shane green was kind of amorphous. It was like, there the is curve a was higher here. and it was just like one big blob over there. Right. So I can, uh, I can zoom in a bit. Uh, on this there you go that purple doesn't get some of it but it does look like he's going more sweep on, yeah. on that cutter as opposed to just kind of doing more gyro and it is really nice to see how much that curveball is, is super separate yeah right um and there's velocity gaps as well like you have the harder one at 89 with a cutter and then this is 83 for the sweeper is that like in, in relief or like he, he no that's as a starter uh i remember watching some of these games and it was nice to see like that yep that's your 89 90 it's actually similar with nick pavetta who's i mean really the whole so red the dot you're showing in. this is interesting the dot yeah. you're showing is the average movement profile but if yeah. you if you could like like take a slider and be like look at only 88 and above oh sure the I movement profile might change and might be more distinct from the slider 
Kyle Bland, I'm sure you're listening right now. <laughs> Can I have a Velo slider? <laughs> Show me on this thing a thing that only shows the dots per mile per hour. Yeah. <laughs> or like the band or whatever we want. Don't, That'll don't be great. Thank Kyle. you so much. <laughs> You've got uh, way more important things to do. Now, this is also, I've got to say, this is such a beautiful showcase to me of why I don't like splitters. Yeah. You see how tight this is with the curveball, right? It's so inconsistent. Now, I'm sure if I put up Gosman's or if I put up uh, Kodai Senga's, you're going to see a tighter No, the ghost fork them. is this big old scatter shot. Yeah. Okay. He puts it deep in I was, his hand. I was, hoping, like I was hoping I could give more praise to this one, but I just Maybe Gosman. Gosman you know? has fairly good uh, ability to place it. Yeah, so I mean, I, I could see him. The thing about that to me is always like Hurston Waldrop's gotten a lot of attention recently, by the way, because he might be coming up from Atlanta and he's really just a forcing or splitter guy. And I might like him more because he's very over the top and very much so. And good splitters are that where it's really hard to hear at the CIV. And that's a true death ball. If you ask me is like the four seamer over the top. And then you throw a splitter in the same exact release straight down because both pitches are coming straight down. And then one's just going so much more than the other. Cheers. But, yeah. <laughs> West coast offense. Go Niners. Go. We made oh, it, man. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? You know what? You know what? Look at us. Look at us, huh? Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. The craft beer in your hand. Look at us. <laughs> I I uh, thought it was I thought that 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 was fun. I hope that we get some good feedback. Uh if you guys want us to be a little bit more focused or you know i i think I we're, we, we're stuck with the two pitcher concept two pitchers no what? don't say it no 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 gonna cut that no absolutely not uh, <laughs> absolutely not you know um yeah i mean the, the way i see this is let's just like it yeah, we have that as a foundation but if you notice we talked about like 15 different pitchers there but you came right. in with Cal harrison Cutter Crawford. I mean, Nick Pavetta, the Whirly Bird, is also the really, really fun thing. And he finally got true separation in a really good secondary now. And that four-seamer has some of the highest IVB in the majors. And He oh is always God. a stuff underperformer. Oh, man. I think it's just because he couldn't command a secondary to throw for strikes confidently. Yeah. And like now yeah. he has... This is It's like the same thing with Cutter Crawford, the 90-mile-per-hour cutter. Yeah. And for a strike. And then he has the Whirly Bird, which was legit for him. Mm-hmm. I'm so in. I'm so in. Uh, but yeah, this is fun. And you had a craft beer. Good. So I'm glad that like craft really <laughs> ran going. This. <laughs> it's Friday. Uh, but I, uh, but before we go, you know, what are you doing now? Like what is, uh, what's the next couple weeks for you? Big one is pitcher ranks coming out on Monday. Yes. I'm so excited and, uh, to be like, what is this? <laughs> we, uh, so we revised, uh, we re- revised stuff plus. And one of the, uh, two things that were big was we put in, um, uh, platoon splits. Um, there's some, argument in the industry about like whether that should be in the in a stuff plus is that a mm-hmm. physical characteristic i think it it speaks to whether the physical characteristic works against both hands so i think it's i think it's important to put it in there sure um the other thing that was really important was adjusting for altitude and air density because oh, if yeah. you look at ivb by uh, temperature or altitude or air density IVB changes uh, drastically from park to park. It's obvious when you think of course field, but yeah, there are other parks you have where the millimeters that are higher or lower on the mountain too. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Price Elder like popped a little bit, so I was wondering, you know, really? you know, one of the highest altitude parks in the big leagues, other than Coors Field, is Atlanta. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Atlanta used to be called the launching pad. Oh my gosh! Oh right, and then they had the wall change in right field. Yeah. Uh, and oh, it was man. partially because of uh, of weird. It's it's not like 
it's not a lot. It's not 5,000 feet. It's like 800 or something, but it's like a little bit more than people expect. Yeah, that that's a really cool thing. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I yeah, I can't wait to see your rankings, but I got to make sure mine are out first. I can't. I just can't. See them. <laughs> I'm not. I, I can't do it. No, I, I, on Monday morning. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, like the second I have it published, like okay, okay, let me go. <laughs> uh, but no, I got to make sure I don't have that bias. I got to just go in. Well, and, I've, uh, I've, and I've got process, Cutter in a know? good spot. I might, I might nudge him up a couple more after that like, conversation. I swear to God, you're about to say his rank. I was like, no, don't stop. <laughs> Don't say the number right now. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait for that. I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode. I'll figure out. We'll figure out some outro. I don't know. I've I figured it out for all of them. Maybe it's just like a, a bubbling craft beer or something. Ah, we'll figure it out. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe you. you have the audio from me popping that. Oh, yeah. Maybe I mean, that could just, be the end. Ah, pitching. Oh, cheers. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But really, you know, thanks so much for being a part of this. This was such a great way to debut this. I can't wait to do this with you. Thanks, and, Nick. Uh, and yeah, th- cheers. Thanks a ton, you know. Yeah, good luck this weekend <laughs> to your Niners. I'm yeah, sorry, I got to root for the Lions. Just good, let you know, because like that. Come on, because of Paul Spore. Because <laughs> of Scott Chu. Oh, okay. um, and Spore. But all right, you know. Thanks so much for being here, man. It's great to see you. We'll talk soon. Get out of here. Bye.